Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clash. The Coffee Clash and Special Needs Talk Radio Network feature outstanding programming for the special needs community. Our team of hosts provide educational interviews. Our shows are not designed to provide listeners with specific or personal medical, legal, or professional service or advice. Parents of children with health issues should always consult their health care provider for medical advice, medications, or treatment. Any show discussing rights and law for special needs children and special education are presented as general information and not legal advice. Special Needs Coffee Clash Limited does not promote any host or guest's individual practice, programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview. Good evening, and welcome to the Ask Stephanie show on the Coffee Clatch Network. Mayor Johnson, the makers of Boardmaker, have recently released an e-catalog featuring hundreds of great products, including several significantly reduced in price. Visit www.mayor-johnson.com to learn more. Tonight, I am interviewing psychotherapist and learning, learning specialist Stephanie Weldon, She is a colleague and a friend of mine, and I'm so happy to have the chance to interview her because she has the unique combination of both the therapy and the learning piece that is extremely sought after by so many families. In addition, Stephanie herself grew up having ADHD, as did her dad, so she's very well informed both personally and professionally. I introduce to you Stephanie Weldon. Hi, Steph. Hi, Steph. I'm so happy to have you today. So our topic that we're talking about is can children with ADHD be successful in school and socialization? So definitely something that parents want to know about, and I think the two go hand in hand, as I'm sure you would agree. Yeah, And I think to make it easier for people listening, I mean, even though they go hand in hand, well, I think I want to talk about both of them um, separately, though I know I'm sure we'll wind up intertwining them. I think that... I want to start off with school because I think that when people think ADHD, I think parents worry about school and how their kids are going to be, maybe because they're not with them and they can't control the situation. Um, They want to know how they can set their children up for success in school. So That's a really good point. I mean, well, first of all, I'd just like to say I think it's, you know, parents should be concerned about sending their kids off to school if they have a diagnosis of ADHD, simply because, um, interestingly, there hasn't been enough teacher training done in the area of ADHD. So a lot of teachers really don't have a real understanding of ADHD, and that's been documented. There's been a lot of recent studies that have come out within the past five years. Um, So I think, you know, parents should be concerned, and, you know, they want to protect their kid, obviously, but at the same time, um, you know, they're, the kids need to be able to go to school and, and sort of learn to self-advocate as well. Um, I guess to your point, um, what can parents do? There's a lot they can do. They can really just make sure at the beginning of the year that they have a good relationship with the teacher. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because, yep. I mean, and the, the problem is that I was, I know I was saying this to you before. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, you know, kids will, Parents parents may not like the kid's teacher, right? We've all had that experience. But yep. I highly suggest, and keep this in mind, it's really hard because kids are changing teachers every year. And when they get to middle school, like, they have a couple of different teachers. And that, if you can put it in your own, like, way of thinking as an adult, 
it's like getting a new boss every year, right? Which so, is not easy. Oh, <laughs> no. I mean, I think that, like I said, that would give me a panic attack if I had to change the <laughs> boss. You know, I work for myself, but just the idea of having to, you know, have a new boss every eight months, nine months. And different expectations months, I don't think and personalities like from each teacher. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there a t- – is there – I mean, parents meet with me and they – come to me because they want to know like what should what should they tell the principal what kind of teacher is right for a child with ADHD is there a right teacher for a child with ADHD well, I think that's a good question I think the right teacher is going to be a teacher who has some understanding of ADHD and mm-hmm. has had training and experience and patience um, and, and patience. And yes, I mean, the studies have shown that teachers who have patience are tolerant. Teachers who actually use more visual cues and hand gestures. Teachers who have had a lot of training in terms of behavior um, modification and really classroom management experience. They they have they have you know done it. They're, they're the ones that I would want. That's the type of teacher I would want working with my kid. Um, I yeah. don't think it's also you know it's a, part of it's a personality too, right? So, but I, I will say I can guarantee you if your kid has ADHD, um, it's within your best interest to really I hate this word in many ways this word advocate because what does that really mean? You know, it's just like you know advocate means you're going to the school and you're really um, building a rapport with the teacher. You want right. them to know that you're on their side. Mm-hmm. You want them to I, know information so about important. your kid, right? You want them to know information about your kid. I would and you don't want suggest... them frustrated with them. You don't want mm-hmm. you. I, I always think parents and teachers just always need to be like on the same page. And that's not always easy, too, you no. know, because you're dealing with a different personality each year. But I will say, um, this is the, the big, the major point I want to make. Because I, I don't want to scare parents. I know that many p- teachers haven't had a lot of teacher training in the area of ADHD. But that doesn't mean that you can't help them understand your yep. child's ADHD. In fact, I would highly suggest that you really meet with a teacher at the beginning of the year. I know some parents are a little bit scared about, like, saying, oh, my kid has ADHD. But I have found in my own practice that when you really encourage parents to go and speak with the school – even if the teacher doesn't know that much about it, she's so much more open. He or she is so much more open and willing to talk with a parent at the beginning of the year if you give her kind of a heads up, right? So yeah. you can go to the school and say, hey, my kid needs to sit in the front and near you. My kid really, really, really responds well to visual cues and hand gestures. That, that really helps. Um, also, the tone and the language you use, clear directions. Those things are really important for my for my child. Knowing what's coming up, keeping a really good schedule. Like mm-hmm. he, my kid, my kid responds to that. I think so much of the time, um, teachers have just been taught to ignore behavior, and that doesn't always work. You know, sometimes it just encourages the behavior to continue, and even at times can it will escalate. So the the idea is, you know, ADHD is not necessarily a behavioral disorder. It's really um, people are looking at it more through a neurocognitive framework and they're seeing that it's about executive functioning issues and really regulating um, affect. So I would suggest, and what I mean by that is being able to manage emotions, but it's not, it's not, it's not something that I think it gets a bad rap because ADHD goes along with a lot of other things. So, well, it gets a bad rap too. I mean, look, first of all, I think importantly for parents, full disclosure, Full disclosure is going to be the only way because you don't. It's not a behavioral problem. There's no. actually something that, that's going on. I think sometimes teachers, like you said, because they're not educated um, enough about this disorder, exactly. it's like they almost say, like, "Oh, is this parent using this as a lame excuse?" Oh, exactly. Is everyone getting diagnosed with ADHD? <laughs> I, I mean, I was just reading a study that just came out about how. Uh, parents are getting their kids on ADHD drugs to help kids study, even though they don't have ADHD. Yes, like they're terrible. using them as the smart drugs, study drugs. So, unbelievable. It is the most commonly diagnosed childhood disorder, which I think is really important to know. Yeah. And it's, but what's interesting to me is it's the most commonly diagnosed uh, childhood disorder, and yet nobody's getting trained in it. I mean, 
right. in my field. I mean, now it's changing, but you have to understand the brain has, you know, we know so much more about the brain now and about ADHD. So there are a lot of assumptions that teachers have. Like a lot of teachers don't even believe in the validity of diagnosis. Oh, exactly. A lot of teachers don't even, they don't even believe in medication. They don't even understand that much or, about medication. Or they believe in medication and they encourage parents and, greatly and to do it. so. And they're not doctors. Okay, so, exactly. But you know the problem is, Stephanie, is that is that teachers are being asked to take on all of these roles, right? And it's not fair to them to not know Because they're enough. the ones that are with the children sometimes more exactly. <laughs> hours during the day than well, a parent. So there's we, a lot of pressure on them also because exactly. they're 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 having to check in with the parent to say this is what's going on and are they accurately so saying what's going on it's 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 a lot it's a it, lot it's, and you know it, what's sad about it is is that you know it's just the the culture we live in it's you know we live we definitely live in a narcissistic culture that is asking people to do way more than they can really take on you know now mm-hmm. teachers are being asked to be like doctors but I, I think the the point being is that um, it's if even though they shouldn't be asked to be doing this. They they are being asked to make observations. They are being asked to manage kids with ADHD and work with them and teach to them and help them be successful. And it's they really need more training. I think everybody gets this. But the 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 point I want to make is just that parents need to know that they don't have a lot of training and that the more they help the teacher understand their child their child's ADHD and the more they help their child understand what, what how they can be. Um, proactive in the classroom, and you can start at an early age. Um, the more successful the outcome right, and will give be, the pa- and I think importantly, outcome. giving the the teacher, if they say, you know what, I don't know a lot about this, or I wish I knew more. Yeah. Print out studies for them. Give them a book exactly. on it. Tell them, you know, I'm here for you, exactly. and we have to work together as a team. And I know you and I have spoke before on this topic, and I loved what you said to me the other day about checking your attitude at the door as a parent, because <laughs> it's so... Yeah, parents, you got to check it, your ego at the door, and it's you, really hard. I loved it. It was so true. <laughs> so true You're though, so right? right. These parents come in, and they're, you know, we are like, this is our child, and we want the best for them, and you better not this, and you know what? It's just not, it's, it's going at them in a difficult way is not going to get them to be on your side, and you need them. This is an entire year your child is spending in their classroom it can be a very positive one if you come at the teacher in a positive way oh exactly it just i think it's very hard for parents sometimes necessarily to do that like i said we live in a culture that you know if you're the guy that works in goldman sachs you might be the type that goes in and you kind of have an aggressive attitude and you treat people like they're your staff. And I'm not trying to, like, put down yep. Goldman Sachs. I'm just saying, <laughs> you, I don't care that you have an MBA from Harvard. You know what I mean? Like, you're right. not you're, – you don't know a lot about ADHD. You don't know what it means to be a teacher. And right. if you kind of come in with that, you will do what I tell you, um, management kind of attitude that maybe works in the corporate world or doesn't it's even work in the be, world. Uh, maybe taken you're, out on your child in the classroom. They might do that. And, you know, it's so unconscious. I think. Right. I think a right. lot of times it's really what you really want to do is say to the teacher, I like you, we're psyched to work with you. This is my kid. How, I think this is what my kid needs. Yep. We'll do check ins. And also, I just want to suggest too, I, I didn't mention this point. As much as you can with the kids with ADHD, make sure the kids know what's coming up, meaning you can ask the teacher, can we preview material? Do you know Mm -hmm. what's coming up for the year? Um, Anything you can do to kind of prep your child for knowing the way the classroom works, for knowing what's coming up in their day. Right, or if you have a tutor, prepping your tutor so that you're actually utilizing them effectively um, and having them know what's coming up a week and ahead so that if yeah. they wanted to speak with the teacher or something like that, that you knew their strengths and weaknesses, um, I think that's important communication for the teacher. But even I, like something like to very specifically, like let's say the kids are going to be reading like, I don't know, like a Judy, like otherwise known as Sheila the Great, you know, in three weeks. Mm-hmm. It's a good idea to get that book ahead of time and tell your kid that's coming up and maybe even beginning the book if the teacher will allow that. Um, a couple weeks ahead of time. So the kid with ADHD is then cued into the teacher when she or he is actually teaching the book. They're raising right. their hand. They're responding. They're not going to be distracted because they already know the material and they're actually going to be more engaged because of it. 
Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Now, here's another question for you. Parents look at their children sometimes with rose-colored glasses. I mean, come on. I mean, right? I mean, you know, it's just some parents, true, they though. look at their children and they're like, I mean, could they do no wrong? My child will never do anything wrong. Yes, they will. <laughs> right. And so they get a phone call from their teacher, I come know. in, we want to talk. This is the behavior that's going on in the classroom, and the parent just doesn't want to hear it. They just can't believe it's my sweetie. <laughs> so explain <laughs> to parents how, you know, first of all, it's a difficult phone call for a teacher to make. And I explain to parents, when we're talking about how children can succeed in school. So this means parents need to be open-minded to what they may hear from uh, uh, the school. Explain to parents sometimes how teachers need to, they're seeing things maybe in the classroom that parents just aren't able to see at home. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, you know, look, I mean, I am, as I was saying to you before, and we can talk about this uh, later, but I I said this to you the other day, like, I got kicked out of brownies, okay? Like, that's... Right. I mean, who gets kicked out of brownies, okay? <laughs> and I, I'm, you know, I, I'm hoping you can all tell just from even just hearing me a little bit on the radio. Like, I've, I'm a successful woman. I'm 40 years old. I've had a great career, and I have a very happy life. But it was very difficult for me. So if you get school. kicked out of brownies, you can so have a future. It's magic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> even a better one than some of the girls that stayed. But I think... I think, you know, imagine what it's like for my father when, when he gets the phone call, right, right. That, that Stephanie slugged someone at Brownies, right? Yeah. It's not – I was kicked out of class a lot. I was in trouble a lot. I was not the kind of ADHD that's usually with the gender thing, with a lot of times with girls, mm-hmm. um, that, that the girls are, have the inattentive type um, more. I, I did not have that. I was very impulsive and hyperactive and like a speedy Gonzalez type of kid. So it was very right. hard to manage me. Um, and I think – I think it was very hard for my parents, and I see it in my own practice, that it's devastating when your kid is always the one that's being identified. Mm-hmm. I think you have to kind of laugh at it, help your child develop some better skills. Um, also, really, you know, teaching kids how to um, calm themselves down, self-soothe, but also really asking teachers and the community, you know, when I was a kid, I would definitely be could be impulsive, but I I also had good judgment, right? Like my parents did help me with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I had to learn it, and it's a skill, right? But it's how it's 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 the the community. Um, the kids sometimes when they're when they're younger, they will um, provoke other kids, right? And especially the kid with ADHD, they're always the ones going to be identified. So, you know, I right. can remember like my cousin being like, hey, Stephanie, Stephanie, let's go jump off the roof. And I would be like, great idea. Uh-huh. And he'd be like, you first. What, what's frustrating is when the child with ADHD does something that's just like you're horrified by. I mean, and mm-hmm. let's be honest to your parents, if you're listening, a lot of it is that you're just so embarrassed that your child would even do something <laughs> yes. like, like right. you know, jump off the roof or slug a girl. Because at, you girl never scout. would. But let me get back to the point that I was going to make about brownies, Girl Scouts. It sounds awful, right? But if, I, if you were there and you had actually seen how cruel and mean these two girls were being to me. Right. You would be applauding me today. And I'm not trying <laughs> to be that funny here. Moment to but be it able is to. so, listen to me, it is so true. I know that, I, that I, can say, I won't say her name on the air. It's a small town in Illinois. <laughs> but this girl is, today, I'm, can, can, I'm sure she hasn't grown up at all. And we're all in her 40s now, right? This is, this, is, this is just a mean kid, right? I was not a mean kid. And I think what's sad about that experience was that the other two girls didn't get in trouble at all. Nothing right. happened to them. Because so you were I, the one that always was doing it. So the well, child with ADHD is like always in trouble, so of course it has to be that kid. We have a hard time when you're that age. You know, it, it, it changes as you learn social cues, right? Your peers will teach you more than anything else. But what I'm trying to say is that it's not just about the ADHD kid changing. It's about the entire classroom and the community also um, making it more open and accessible to the child with ADHD, them so my point being is that, like, for example, when I was teaching um, at the girls' private school I used to work at, the, there were the, two girls in my class, and one of them 
she really could not keep her hands to herself. And I really, like from the beginning, I set up group agreements in my class, made sure everybody knew what the rules were, that they were explicit. We, mm-hmm. I call them agreements because the kids worked with me to design them. Right. But, of course, I had a couple. And I really made it clear, like this kid, I'll say her name is like Sally or whatever. Sally, um, she she couldn't keep her hands to herself. And she was constantly getting in trouble. So every other kid would be like, Miss Stephanie, Sally hit me. Miss Stephanie, Sally's bothering me. Miss Stephanie, Sally's. And, you know, it, it's very annoying when – uh, when, as a teacher, when that happens, right. and also it's annoying for your kid. If your kid doesn't have ADHD, absolutely. It's annoying that your kid is sitting next to somebody that can't focus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I mean, what I did to kind of help that was I said to the kids, like the first time it happened, you know what, Rachel, I'm oh, sorry, I just gave her name away, but that's okay. She's a, <laughs> Sally, Sally Rachel, Sally doesn't know what she's, um, you know, Sally can't, Sally can't control herself with her hands, right, Sally? And she's like, nodding her head and she's like but she means well and really guys like when she does this this is what you say you say sally i know this is hard for you but i need to focus on my work i know it's hard for you. i know you can't control I, can, I know you can't help it and i need i'm going to move so what i said to the kids was everybody has the right to move away if they need to um sally's going to sit up close to me but mm-hmm. you're going to get in trouble if you come up to my desk and you haven't done some of the things, some of the explicit instructions I've given you. If you haven't done some of those things and you come up and say, hey, Sally's annoying me, she's right. touching me, you're going to get in trouble too. And I can tell you honestly, I, I didn't have one behavior problem that year. And right. they, and I, in all honesty, it was a pullout class, um, and they put a lot of kids with um, ADHD in my group. Right. So. And you, know, you have the background to be able to say, like, I get it. I know what it's like for Sally. And I, so yeah. I want to make this this just work for her. And also, too, if you can think about it from Sally's perspective, imagine it's very difficult if the kids were annoying her first or even provoking her first. I know that idea probably didn't come in anybody's head. And then she, she lashes out or touches them, or, or let's say she even instigates it, right? Mm-hmm. It's only going to elevate the situation if you don't right. have a plan, right? It's only going to yeah. make her so, And more teachers upset. do. I think that having agreements and plans for children is just, for any child, um, is, is yeah. important. So I think that the organization, um, when it comes to things like that, is important. Now, just, I want to just get back on track for just even managing some other tips. Sure. Distractibility in the classroom. Okay. So you you know you were a teacher. Where where are parents telling their teacher to sit their child who is easily distracted? What you mean? I mean, I mean, like, I think is they it should... like they're seating wise, like you know, away from the window or oh, next definitely. to? Like I, I mean, I can remember looking out the window a lot because sometimes teachers would put me there, right? You know, I think the kid needs to be up close mm-hmm. next to the teacher. But now as kids get older, they're like, yeah. it's not cool to sit up I front. Know. They want to be back. What I know do they parents need to get do? over what, it. What, what, what happens? <laughs> right, they just need to get over it. <laughs> yeah, they need Too to bad. get over it. It's Let like, your friend come in the front with you. you just, no, you know what? I just, I sort of feel like this is the problem we get into. Like when a parent comes into my office and they're like, you know, should I take, you know, Susie's cell phone away, right? Because I think it's really distracting her. I'm like, yes. You should right. you should set limits with the cell phone, right? Right. So, I mean, they absolutely homework so, time to I give me I just, the cell phone. We've grown up in this culture, and it's unfortunate, but especially my generation, where we were just told options, 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 right? Mm-hmm. So I just don't think many of these kids should have that many options, right? It's like this is where you're going to sit, and I know it's tough, and I know you want to sit with your friends, right? You know, but I think, you know, it's it's been working that you've been sitting in the front of the class, and we just don't want to put you in a situation where you're going to be, um, you know, getting in, not getting into trouble, but being distracted. This is a good, this, you want to start off with a good year. And I know it's tough, and instead, you know, we'll make sure that we do this this year. I mean, as they get older, of course, you need to give them incentive, give them rewards. I mean, you know, look, you know, you could also, if they're doing really well in school and they've been really participating with you, sure, you can say, okay, this year we'll try it. But I would be, I would be, I would be cautious about that because, you know, the kids, especially if they have ADHD, a lot of times it's not like there's a lot of programs that have been built, built into teaching kids about their own ADHD. They don't often know how to self-regulate. They, they can be, 
you know, it took me a long time to become an insight-oriented person. Do you know what I mean? When I was yeah. six, right. I they didn't don't think know much about it. I didn't understand. They're children. Yes, they're children. And I think as you as a parent, yes, expect them to get upset about it. As they go into, the, in, into their tweens, right, as they go into middle school, expect mm-hmm. them not to be happy about it. You know, but 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 they're you, not you, going. They're not. You're not there to be their best friend. You're there to advocate for them as, and help them in, succeed. As, as we say in therapy, like hold the frame. You know, just keep keep that the way it is. Don't be inconsistent. Don't say one week, okay, you can sit with your friends this week, and the following week, okay, well, we'll let you sit um, somewhere else. I mean, first of all. No teacher should do that. They I don't need think any rules. teacher they would. They need consistency. They need and, you know, and obviously, like, it's really important that the teacher expresses what he or she thinks. I think, um, you know, your child would be best sitting here, and mm-hmm. here's why. I think the thing to be cautious of is, is the teacher putting the child in the side of the room or in the back of the room or away from other kids because they don't want to deal? Right. <laughs> right, and, and maybe then, sitting up close is like they're forced to deal. Right, and they're also maybe they're going to form a nice relationship with the I student think, because of that. I, I would hope so. That's the goal, right? That's the goal. But um, you know that it has to be the kid needs to to don't give them too many options. Tell them this is how it's going to be in a very nice way. And by the way, parents, when you have these conversations, especially with the middle school kids, like it's calm. Do it calmly. And expect them to be upset, right? Okay. I like and that. And, and expect them to be upset, and don't you then get upset. Model right. calm. It's, don't be one of these parents that's like, you can tell me your feelings about it, and then when they do, you're like mad at them. You know, that's not <laughs> right. It's not effective. Like, expect expect them to be upset. But yeah, you know, I, I like that. I think parents saying over and over need again, to know that. We think this is for your best interest. We really, we're not doing this to punish you. We want to help you, and we right. know it feels that way. And, the, you know, the, the saying, you know, you'll thank us later, unfortunately, we'll think of our parents when we think of that, but it is true. <laughs> they don't know what's best for them in the moment, and we do need to step up to the plate. So, okay, okay managing distractibility, seating. Now, let's just, I want to talk about homework because it is yeah. a big one, especially for kids with ADHD Huge. because um, whether uh, they're on medicine, let's, so let's just take a child who has ADHD who is on medicine their medicine is wearing off many times during the day. They took it early, and now it's getting to be homework time. And it's really hard for parents. It's like you haven't seen your kids all day. You were really looking forward to just seeing them, talking about their day, and and just spending a little quality time with them. And now they're agitated. They're frustrated. They don't want to do their homework. Mm -hmm. They didn't bring home their assignment. They forgot to write (laughs) down. Is this ringing a bell for anyone? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I wonder how I know all about this. And no, and what um you know, what are parents to do about this? It's it's a big deal. And it's taking them three times as long and you want to be like, if you just sat down for thirty minutes, it would have been done. What do we do? Well, I think well, okay, two things. I mean, empathy is the best medicine. And I'll just keep saying it throughout the entire show. Yeah. And a plan will really help you have empathy for them. Okay? Um I mean, I'm not a, I'm not, I am not a psychiatrist, right? I'm not a medical doctor, mm-hmm. but I will say, um, just to your point, medication has shown to be the most effective. Okay, and I know a lot of parents are like, ah, I don't like that. <laughs> I can just tell you, it was the best thing that happened for me, and I got on it later in life, and I really wish I'd had it during the learning years. That's mm-hmm. one. Um, if you've got a kid who is on medication and it's wearing off, like you said, I would highly suggest that you talk with their with their doctor, with their psychopharmacologist, with their neurologist about considering possibly a booster, right? So I think that's the first thing is that you need to go see a medical professional because ADHD is a medical diagnosis, guys, right? It's not... Not it's, a behavioral it's not, thing. It's not, yeah, it's a medical diagnosis. It's not... It's something that can be treated with medicine. And it is not something that... Um, and I'm sure a lot of parents are upset about it. There are all alternatives. I can tell you more about it. But it, it's just that this has been the most effective, and I am not pushing the medication, but I am saying if you are one of those parents whose kid is really suffering, and, I mean, they cannot get their homework done, you are fighting, pulling your hair out, you're a helicopter mom or helicopter dad, and you guys are staying up until, like, 2 in the morning doing their homework every night, mm-hmm. and then you come to my office and you're like, you know what, but they get it done. It's like, mm-hmm. is that really a way to live? Right. It's just sort of like, I just don't think that that's, 
necessarily that's telling because me something. It's just because extremely, it's extremely my it's kid, difficult. My kid, my kid um, can't do the homework, and my kid won't do his homework. Right? Sometimes mm-hmm. kids can't. And you need to take a look at that because they can give kids stuff now during the day, some extra medication. It's called a booster, and the kids um, can then successfully manage their homework better after school because the drug has not weared off. Okay, that's one. I would, I would highly suggest parents really look into that so that they can make the most well-informed decision. I'm not pushing the meds. I am saying, though, I'm not a medical doctor. And don't get your medical advice from the homeopathic grocery store clerk. Okay. Right. That's not the person you talk. No, to. and I think so it's importantly say, right? bridging the two together right. is having your medical doctor speak to your teacher. Exactly. Where they can they they are getting a full picture of what's going on, and then you speaking to your doctor so that you are painting a very real image of what's going on. And I tell, I encourage parents, write it down. Write some notes down at homework time mm-hmm. of exactly what's going on so that when you do have a doctor's appointment, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, psychopharmacologist, you're able to ex- clearly explain what's going on so that there's a clear picture because we all want our children to just, we want it to be as easy as we, as it can be. I for know. Them. There's and, a and, lot of pressure on them. And there's can a I pressure on too? all kids. And us too. And can I just say too, and I, I want to tell, give you some tips, okay, that don't involve medicine. If yeah. there's, if your kid has true ADHD, right, even if your kid doesn't have ADHD, there are good, some good tips I'm going to give you because homework is just, it's, there's too much homework these days. It wasn't designed for this. I can't stand it personally. I it's think it's too insane. much. Yeah. But, but anyway, it is what it is, right? So we have to help them. Um, I would highly suggest that kids um, know when they're going to do their homework every night and that you really maintain a schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I suggest and you it say right night. after school. Like, exactly. I, right I agree. Um, I also want to say that the kids can't do their homework if their computer's not working, if they don't have pencils sharpened, if they don't know where things are, mm-hmm. if they don't have a desk to work at, if they're Very not working at the point. same place. I mean, sometimes it's a lot about the home environment and the parent support. Quiet and you don't environment, non-distracting. Right? You you need to help them find the same place they can go to. So you can you there there's a few things you can do to really help them be set up for success. Um, the other thing I would like to suggest to parents is is that they really mentally rehearse with their kids every morning and every night, like in the morning, what's coming up in the day. Because mm-hmm. I can't even begin to tell you how many kids, and I work with a lot of kids with ADHD, come to my office like for the first time or second time, you know, or maybe the second, third time, they're like, I had no idea I was coming to see you today. So they don't Parents know are so schedule. busy in their own lives, they, don't, they forget to say this, or they don't, they don't think that they don't value the fact that a child may need that. They, information. And they may need it, by the way, because a lot of kids with ADHD are very anxious, mm-hmm. especially if they, they're they not on medication. I'm just going to say it. Like, I've, you know, I grew up with this with this disorder, and nobody ever thought I had ADHD, right? I mean, I was born in the 70s, and it was everybody said, Stephanie, it has acute anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I did have so much anxiety, but it was because of my ADHD. I don't know if that makes any sense. To it parents, makes a lot of sense. So then when I actually got on the medication, the anxiety really went away. But my whole life, I was trying to juggle so many things and remember so many things. I think you have to remember, kids want to have equal rights and relationships with people, right? So it's very frustrating for them. Um, at least with their peers, right? They, it's hard on an ADHD kid when they come home and their brother or sister um, can get their homework done right away, and they can't, right? It's, mm-hmm. And then the solution is, well, mom will sit with you for eight hours. It's so embarrassing and humiliating, right? So the more that you can say to your kid, okay, we know that it's hard for you to get started. Every day when you come home, we're going to talk for five minutes about what your homework is. We're going to help you organize it, and then I'm going to leave you alone. We're not going to ever fight. We're just, you're just going to, we're going to open your bag up. And please, parents, do not start criticizing them or organizing them or let the kids kind of guide how they want to do the night. Do you know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. need to be more proactive. So sometimes efficiency actually isn't the best thing. Like even if you're thinking, okay, we're going to color code their notebook, like don't do that. Let them really work on figuring out what's going to be best, right? But but they need to they need that cue. They need you to say what's coming up tonight. It's Wednesday. Usually we have reading and history tonight. Is that what's on the 
on the agenda. Right. And then they'll take out their agenda, take a look at it with them, help have them articulate what they have to do, and then let them do it and set a timer. Get a silent timer. I love timer. the timer. I, I use the and, timer. I uh, use it with my little one who's in first grade because sometimes it's just they need I a know. definitive time to be able to. <laughs> and I think with younger kids yep. that a reward chart to say, yeah. you get it done, you, you know, let's, we, we're doing it and we get it done in 15 minutes or 20 minutes and at the end of the week, if you do it all, you know, here, go into the prize bucket. I, I just I think, think that great. it gives them something. It gives them something to work towards. It really does. And for does. older kids, let them know that, like, you want to go to your sport tonight or you have dance tonight at 7. Let's yeah. just get it done. And it it's not giving them a, a sense of pressure. It's giving them a sense of this is the amount of time it should take you to get ready. And parents need to know if it's supposed to take them an hour and it's taking them three, well, that's a red flag in itself. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I would big. also suggest to parents, too, this is just a really good tip, and I was saying this to you before, a lot of times, and I, I just want to kill, I want to, I mean, it, it, it's very frustrating to me. I mean, if you're a coach that's listening to this, please mm-hmm. do oh, us yeah, all a favor. Please do us all a favor. As much as you can give, the parents and the kids' knowledge of the games that are coming up and when they're going to be. And as much as the sports people can really set up, okay, Mondays and Wednesdays is soccer. Because what happens is is that, you know, you try to make all of these plans, but then the kids are in sports at night, right? And the games change all the time. Right. So their schedule is never consistent. And it's very hard for them, right? Because it's like it's hard if you're trying to get them on a schedule Monday through Friday, but, oh, this Wednesday we have soccer game from 5.30 to 8, and next week we don't, and the following week we have practice from 6.30 to 7.30. So it's, you can see where I'm going with this. That's why I think as soon as school is out, like have a snack, do the work. And it's not always possible for parents to be home right, with their kids. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are working. So I would, I would really suggest that you just get them on the phone. This is the time I'm going to call you, and we're just going to go over what homework you have for tonight just to help cue you. Yep. I know you need that extra cue, and I want to help support you. Um, and make it fun. Use humor. Don't make it about, you know, Sarah, you forgot. You know, Richard, you didn't do Like, that's yeah. going to just make it worse. Negative. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's going to make it negative. And just keep in mind, folks, too, that if you haven't been doing this with your kid already, the kids are going to really, really, really stink at this. You know, it's not, <laughs> like they're, they're not going to come home with their homework. They're going to right. forget their books. You are I love you because it is so true. You parents need to have realistic expectations. Exactly. And I think, you know, we brought in the sibling aspect, mm-hmm. which is a big one because it's it's the comparisons. And I, I just wrote an article about this actually last month comparing our siblings. It's like you have your perfect, uh, you know, son that's doing bringing home everything and everything's exactly. right and everything's neat and he writes everything down. And then your daughter is coming home and she's all over the place and she doesn't write anything down and she's not doing, you know, the way. And it's really tough. And you don't want siblings to resent each other by comparing one exactly. another. It's It's terrible for for family units. So I think that that's really important for parents to just have realistic expectations to say what you just said, they're going to forget it. And there is going to be a time where they forget their homework or they just didn't write it down. And having um, good uh, relationships within the community of some parents or always have your child have uh, a phone number so that they can text a friend and for an assignment that they may make. Right. A lot of so, teachers put things online, right? They can. Well, here, and that's yeah. important, too. I wanted to get to that. Sure. Teach. Okay, so uh, th- we are in the world of the computer, and yeah. I know that my son is a prime example. Um, <laughs> everything is on the computer today. So the assignments are on the computer, and you check what when your test is or whatever. So you go online, and you're on Edline, and you're checking everything out. Well, what about, you know, these kids, are, they're, they're in the middle school, high school, and now they just want to go online and they're just checking the ESPN scores or they're checking their Facebook status right. or they're checking what are we to do about this. It's, it's distracting. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's great if you have somebody that, like, I mean, it was interesting. I was at a, I was at a conference where um, a professor who's been doing a study was talking about executive function and functioning and ADHD, and he said that they noticed in their research that, um, you know, it's great that the kids with ADHD could go online and see that the teachers were putting the homework in, right? Like, mm-hmm. but that the kids were so distraught, like they couldn't, they couldn't even. It was too many clicks. 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the teachers don't always upload. Um, they, they so it's again the school. Well, has my to make kids sure even have it. like my son has his books online. Well, right. good luck telling a kid online who he thinks the computer is the greatest thing in the whole world. Go study for science or go study for math online. I mean, he is going to be clicking all around, and it's yeah, not going to be on lysosomes that you can put on, right? There's not, or you can ask a teacher for a hardcovered book. I agree. I agree. Or you, you can put you it on the iPad. You can put it on the iPad. You can turn the Wi-Fi off. I mean, I I really suggest that if you have them check their phones at a certain time, if you like, you know, you take their phones from them, and they know when that's going to happen. Right? You right. understand what I'm saying? So there's a specific time in which it's a transition into studying, and it's hard for kids to get started sometimes, right? But mm-hmm. if they mentally know what they have to do, the timer is on. I also wanted to suggest, too, when the timer goes off, make sure you say to the kids, okay, that's your cue. We have about five more minutes left. Right. So don't, like, because they need that cue because some of them are going to freak out, right? And mm-hmm. you use good wisdom here. I mean, if they really need ten more minutes, then you're going to maybe give them ten more minutes. But if it's coming to the point that it's just hours and hours and hours, you just need to tell the teacher. And the kids just I, – I personally, I just don't think the kids should fin- be stuck doing that. I think they should – you know that they shouldn't do their finish their work. It's too much work. Right. Um, I know that's not a very popular thing to say, but it's really. I just think the kids it's need their sleep. Though. They need their food. They need to spend time yeah, with maybe, you, and maybe they shouldn't they be doing work until a, twelve o'clock at night. Period. No, or maybe they take a, a period um, in school where you know they can eat their lunch and go to a, like a study hour where yeah. they can get some of that done. I think that could be helpful too. You know, Stephanie, too. The, the you know, you could use technology in terms of like the Facebook, the online stuff. I mean, you definitely have to make sure that like teachers will be very specific about what's going to be happening online, right? Because they know what's happening. So they, it, you could do that with them. You could sit with them when they have to get online. Mm-hmm. Um, you can monitor it. Um, just be consistent about it, and then you can also say, "Hey, you can go. On, you can go on Facebook, or you can watch television, or you know, you can have this treat, whatever your family values are, after you finish this, right? So that they know that they can get it back. Right. Um, but it's not. They need to know that it's not a punishment. It's just a. You could say, you know, we live in the world of technology, and we need to learn how to use it wisely. Yeah. Right. Okay. And I, so, okay, we could talk about school forever. But I know. I, and we are going, I mean, it's, it all intertwines, but I do want to get to the socialization part because I think parents think ADHD, school, 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 but I think that children are with ADHD have a very hard time with their peers. Um, and I think it starts from the classroom because I think sometimes they are being negatively viewed by a teacher I because agree. they're the only one and they're the kid always getting chastised and the teacher scolding them, and so there's this perception from their their friends or their classmates that, like, they're the, the, the bad one. So I think that that has something to do with it. I, I also I think kids who have ADHD are impulsive. And, sure. I, you know, what I wanted to ask Some of you yeah. is, because you and I have talked about this, is and you said it beautifully, is – what when you come in? What does the typical ADHD child look like to you? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I wanted to say because that you had I a good think, description of it. Yeah, I think because it's not all bad. There are so many oh, positives, exactly. and I want to I want to bring that out because I, I think that that has to do with part of the socialization. I, I think it actually has to do with everything too. So the educational piece too, and parents really and truly the more you focus on your kids' strengths and build off of that, and I mean really focus on their strengths, right, that will really help them be successful in school. Because we know, if you have ADHD, you know that you're going to mess up here or there and that you're going to fail at stuff. Let them fail at things they're not good at and teach them skills to get better at those developing areas, but really build upon their strengths. And Kids that have ADHD, they tend to be really creative kids, intuitive kids. Ironically, I think they're getting this rap of being the kids that like have have um, um, that that are behavioral problems. I find them to be the most sensitive and empathic people ever. Like they're mm-hmm. so caring. I think a lot of teachers really enjoy working with kids with ADHD if the kids know their strengths and the kids have good judgment. Right there, there can be. There's so many great things about the, a kid with ADHD. They're very, they can be very popular kids. They can, um, 
be quite sensitive. They can be the chatty Cathy in the room. That can be annoying. Or they're the out of the box thinker. They are. The teacher can say, you know, we're doing, we're we're going to do an assignment that you know maybe you never would have thought of. Exactly. But because this child is in the class and they're so artistic or creative, we're trying skits in the 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 class, or we're going to do some art project that we never did before, or a play, or something, a song, or something. Make them a leader. We talked about this, right? Yeah. Let them be the leader they are. Like, there's a difference between being a leader and being a manager. And I'm sorry to say this, and this may not be very popular right now, but in, in, in this recession, this economy, really, you know, managers, right, I'm sorry, but what's ha- what does it mean to be a manager? Well, it means you're probably going to lose your job. You know, right. it's horrible to say, but there are everybody is a manager. What's great I just about ADHD posted kids, about 19 amazing celebrities, and they're not just actors. No. It was like the founder of JetBlue. It was Justin Timberlake. It was just uh, amazing, amazing people Creative who are people. CEOs, creatives. Entrepreneurs. Yep. People that so also are hone in on that in because skill. that's yeah. going to be what takes your child right. far in life. So I just want to say, like, if they love um, teaching, right, if they love animals, if they love acting, if they love dance, if they love um you know, they're, they're, they, you will, they will over and over again, a lot of times kids with ADHD too can be hyper-focused about one thing. So like mm-hmm. for myself, I loved acting and I loved writing. And I was always the kid that was putting on plays and inviting everybody in the neighborhood, writing them and acting yep. them, and everybody was involved. And I had tons of friends. So to be honest, I know my teachers loved me. Many of them were so good to me. Mm-hmm. It was easier for me when I got fired from being door holder for talking or when I got removed in the class and had to sit on the side or when I couldn't go to um, the skating party because I got kicked out of brownies, right? That was hard. But you know what? You only learn by failing. Right. And I think children have to fail. Every parent to hear, but I really want this to to come home to parents who have kids with ADHD. Those kids know that they're failing a lot of things. And you guys need to focus on the things that they're doing really well. Yeah, that is and so true. And all you do is focus on the stuff that they're not doing well. You know, it's like, so what? They go to school with their hair isn't brushed and their sweaters on backwards. Did you notice that they, like, completely, like, were into their book for four hours last night and that they made everyone at the table laugh during dinner and that they, right. they're a good friend? Like and we want to be really able important. to have other people view them for their positives, too, because they're it's going to feel good about my practice work. for that. I mean, you know, it's certainly, I've, I've certainly been very successful, and I was someone that was really successful in college and in my graduate school programs, right? Like, I graduated with really top marks. Um, but you know what? Because I've as you got older, you figured out what worked for you, and you yes. just had your own system. Yes, and I also learned from an early age um, you know, I, I, I'm better working for myself right. because I can, I can work. I'm someone that can work for like 10 hours straight at something, and then I need two days off, and then I can come back to it. But I also, I will say, like, you know, the, 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 the more you can help them really um, get internships, feel, it, in, enjoy what they can do well. Um, because I, as I said to you too, and I think this is helpful for parents, one thing that's helped me with the meds so much is it's interesting. I'll take the, the medication, and it definitely, like if I have a really, if I have a day that in which I really need to be super, super organized, the meds definitely help me, mm-hmm. right? With time management, planning, and organization, definitely. But if there are days where I'm thinking about creative stuff in terms of my practice or new projects I'm going to start, I don't always take the meds because I, I'm more creative. Those are some of the times when my best ideas come out. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of a gift because I have two. I can access these two worlds, um, and I think it would be nice for your kids, even if you don't want to try medication, for them to understand. Okay, you do have to be accountable to your ADHD. You can't just be a slacker here. You have to be accountable to it, right? You have to be. But Absolutely. You have to also see like all these gifts that come from it too, because if they don't see the gifts. That motivation, that intrinsic motivation will be destroyed, guys. And it's it's sort of like, what's the point then, right? Right. No, absolutely. I mean, there are just, there are always, out of a negative comes a positive. And it's not that there's no reason that the, these children can't be overly successful 
in in socialization and, oh, and being with friends and being they, it, like you said, being the funny one. You know, I think that parents definitely need to be able to <laughs> teach children how to make and keep friends and hone yeah. in on interpersonal skills sure. because I think that that can be tough for yeah. kids um, who have ADHD. But I also definitely. think it's a learning process. They can also process. make a lot of friends. They can also be too social, right? Right, I mean, or we get like negative with it. Right, I mean, negative attention and things like that that come along with it. Right. I think, as you know, like you, you know, being the funny one sometimes they love because everyone thinks it's funny. And there's, Absolutely. I think, it's for parents or teachers to be able to say, "You are so funny. It is great, but there's a time and a place." Right. And I think that kids just sort of like as they grow up, as I'm sure you know, you just grow into yourself and you are able to learn from failures. Like, you know, I was trying to be funny yesterday and the teacher just didn't think it was funny and my friends who were trying to learn didn't think it's funny. And you know what? Tomorrow I'm not going to do that. I just think the kids, like, exactly, they, they need the skills. But really, truly, Stephanie, like the the message we get in our society today is that you are what you produce. And it's a spe- I think kids with ADHD are extremely vulnerable to this because the truth is we're not operating like, you know, the neurotic woman that's like totally got um, a million problems herself, demands, 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 demands that we work a 25-hour day. It's ridiculous. And we mm-hmm. all need to remember that we are more than we produce, right? And that it's I think kids with ADHD really need to hear how valued they are, not just by speaking it. Like, you're great. You're wonderful. You're, you're fantastic. Like, kids know if their parents are telling them, you're great, you're wonderful, you're fantastic. They can see but, it. But they can see if you don't really mean it, and they, can, they need to actually experience it, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. stupid to say you're, 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 you're great when they don't feel great. They need to actually get out there and I don't know, start like, oh, it sounds silly, but like start your own nonprofit as a kid or, 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 or write plays and scripts like I did. Find something they like to do and really encourage them at that because right. that will help them feel like, hey, like, yeah, maybe I can't produce as much as everybody else. I'm, I don't work as fast. But right. like really, what does that mean? Like, look or what just I can because do I'm not the best listener with my hand <laughs> up and the answer right for everything you know what, I, but I'm good at this. And I think parents need to be able to remind children, you know what, you may not be the one coming home with the hundreds on every single test, but, you know, if you're getting an 85 and you're trying your best, and here's what you are amazing, amazing at. at. Because, I mean, you know, middle of the road, children sometimes just always feel middle of the road. We are, we are able to tell our children – this is what you are great at, and you sh- you, this is what you're going to succeed the most at. And if it means that they're going to feel so good at, about themselves, because every day after school at 7 o'clock they're going to their art class or their dance class or their basketball, and they that's where they're shining, mm-hmm. then, you know, that's where parents need to be able to say to children, this is what you need to feel most self-pride in, is this is, this is it. This is, and this and is the truth is that parents, you know, the parents – it's, it's interesting, they won't even have to say that that much because the kids will just feel it, right? Mm-hmm. The kids will just naturally gravitate towards what they keep doing well, right? Mm-hmm. And building upon that and building upon that and building upon it. But I think that's the issue, too, is that there's a lot of insight needed for kids, um, for kids in, gen- in general in this area. And parents need to really expand their view of um, work and what your kid can do later in life. Because most of the people I know that had ADHD went down some really cool paths. And I don't, you know, okay, like, in in all honesty, I mean this sincerely, if I had gone to get an MBA, or if I'd gone on to become like a money manager at a hedge fund, or if I'd gone on to, I don't like manage 50 people, like, um, you'd all be broke. You know what I mean? Business <laughs> would not be going right. anywhere. Because it's, but, it, but, but I you went into fo- what you don't well. have to follow a cookie cutter, Pass and and parents even if uh, you know you had a parent that had ADHD oh yeah so maybe they were an and ad, a grandfather that had him he was an orthopedic surgeon he was very but, successful at what so, he did so you know you can be this out of the box thinker and and not have ADHD and say to yourself I need to hone in on what is going to be best for my child even if it isn't me even right. if it isn't that cookie cutter exactly. Um, you know, plan that you had for your child, how you wished that that it would be, but to really, like you said, be look for that creative side, um, like 
down the road and say, better start now because we want them to feel good about themselves and you want their peers to look at them in a positive way. Absolutely, because I will tell you, in honesty, like when I look back on my 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 teen years, I mean, my best friend, it's funny, she's married to a man with ADHD today, right? Mm-hmm. And she manages him. I mean, that's right. what she does. And when we were in when we were in high school together, um, and she's an editor, like she used to edit my Did papers. Did she organize you? Yeah. Help me organize, <laughs> right? But you know what? She was I gave assistant. her tons of ideas. Right. And I gave her so many creative, you know, I, we worked really well together. And I will say this to you honestly, it's been so much fun for me in my 30s and, you know, now being 40, asking her to look at something and she's like, you know what, Steffi, it doesn't need any work. You're, right. you're doing, this is fine. Because you came into yourself. Because and... I, well, I also, I learned some skills, guys. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say that, that those skills were tough for me. They were developing areas. But I don't think I would have been open to having people help me if I didn't have something to give back, if I wasn't – right? So it's not like yep. – I just feel like everyone's like, oh, pity the ADHD child. Honestly, like pity the child that, like, thinks they're perfect. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the sad kid because that's I, the kid yeah. that's in their 20s, 30s, that the minute something happens where they fail, they get fired from that job, they don't do this. They freak they, out. They, 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 their marriage comes into the, on the rocks. They can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And and the great thing is, guys, if you have a kid with ADHD, your kid will be able to handle it. It is such a good way to look at stuff, it. Right? You have to think long-term-wise about yeah, some of that no, stuff. No, it definitely... Because, because I can tell you, in my own family, there were I had a lot of hard times with my family members, um, especially my extended family, and it was hard to be around me. But now, like, they, it, we have such a good relationship, and they love me, and I'm the person they call for so many things. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Because, right, like you the said, that the, there's so many of these these people who have ADHD and family members, and I, I have them in my family as well, who they do have that kind, good-hearted way about them that is so, you know, maybe it's in, it's just in them from the beginning, and it, it just it blooms as they get older. Absolutely. And, and, and it you're able to see it better. Too. It doesn't, ADHD doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with IQ. People realize that, right? So that's not, it's not like, oh, I have ADHD, oh, my son doesn't have, or my, my daughter may not have a high IQ. That's not true. You know, it's, it, there's so many things to look at. It's your, like your son, Stephanie, I mean, I could see him going on to do so much in the music world. Oh, I world, can too. World. And we, I mean, He's you know, we have to. I, I can just see it, you know? Oh, like, I, and look, we're a family that thinks that those kinds of things are amazing. And, and they uh, are. Creative, and we, you know, I hope to be able to inspire more parents. But, but I want to say one thing: What if you're a that parent way? that doesn't think that's amazing? What I want you to understand is, what's amazing is this unique gift you've been given. Your kid has these precious things. They can do things that you maybe could never do. Maybe you're great at organizing, but maybe they're going to be like a future rock star um, yeah. producer type. Be open to it. Let yeah. them explore what they're good at. I love it. I think that's a really good way to end for today because we're ending on a positive. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, the two of us could talk it's been about this. It's one of this. the best things that ever happened to me, my ADHD. It's also I, taught me a lot, you know what I mean? Like, I, I agree. I love it. I think, you know, you know how both of us are about being so creative and thinking along those lines. I mean, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with it. And but I'm it was sure. nurtured in both of us, Stephanie, you know. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and that's just, you're born a certain way, and you have to make the most <laughs> of it, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure that everyone listening is very, very grateful right now because I know that they're relating to you as a professional and and as and on a personal level too because well, it's a pleasure. It's a I think pleasure. it's I think it's important and as I remind parents all the time you have to advocate for your child best and and make them feel that they are the best that they can be so let's remind parents that they in for 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 tonight we're we're wrapping up and saying we want to make sure that you form great relationships with your children's teachers and your yes. school Check your ego at the door. I love it, and we're reminding them. <laughs> it is it's so hard to do it anyway. Been, you have to. It's so beneficial to be on the same page when it comes to your child's education, and we just we have to do what we have to do as parents, right? Yeah. And I also want parents to remember that it's so important that you have a good relationship with your child and your tween and your teenager. These years, they're not easy for for parents whose children don't have ADHD. So you are going to have to work extra hard and not get as frustrated and just try the best that you can. And model calm, model calm, model calm. calm. I love it. As as, As much as you can. And if you're not a parent that can model calm, work at it, you know, and maybe have somebody help you. 
And, and every game. home is different, so you have to sure. find a system that works for you. And importantly, I don't want these children to feel punished all the time. Oh, my goodness, And I don't no, want parents do to parents, feel right? that they're punishing all the but time. But you know if you lose it on your kid every now and then, that's totally normal. I am not – we are in, we do not – parents aren't supposed to be perfect. Yeah. Please, no, you're going to ab- mess up, guys, you know? Absolutely. But what's nice is, and I can tell you this honestly, the best thing my dad ever did for me as a kid was when he was wrong, he would say, hey, Steph, I'm really sorry. Absolutely. Right? It's nice. So don't well, feel like you have to be perfect, guys. You're, no, absolutely. You And I just I want children to know that you believe in them, and I'm sure every parent wants to know that th- their children know that you believe in them. Encourage their creativity. Yeah. Encourage it because their creativity is what's going to pay off in the long run. So, again, thank you so much, Stephanie thank Weldon, you, Stephanie. for speaking with us tonight. It, um, if you have any questions, Steph, what's your email? It's Stephanie Weldon, so it's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-W-E-L-D-O-N-1 at gmail.com. Great. And if you want to tweet me, I spell it the opposite way, which is at AskStephanie, A-S-K-S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E. For any questions on this topic, um, please follow me on Facebook at Ask Stephanie, as well as check out thecoffeeclatch.com and on Twitter and Facebook as well. They're always posting amazing articles every day. Um, and all this information is just so valuable for parents. So I hope that you take away tonight being very positive for your children. This is this is a gift. Um, yeah, feel encouraged, guys. Good luck. Ab- feel encouraged. Feel absolutely. Encouraged. And hone in on this gift because children can and should be successful in school and in their social life. And, and so, by the way, not just successful, but, but really successful. They don't have to, you know what I mean? Like, they can be stars. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks, okay. Steph. Thanks, Steph. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.